Man, Seacrest is a fucking goof. I, it's isn't it amazing how like people just inexplicably become huge stars and they're just on your television all the time, no matter what. Even if you try to get away, they're just there. Who knew twenty years ago when this goober named Ryan Seacrest was standing alongside that Dunkelman guy on American Idol that he was gonna? I mean, what? What doesn't Seacrest do? He's got his radio thing, right? Seacrest Radio, whatever it's called. I don't know. And uh, he's on the Regis show. He's Regis now. And he's uh, American Idol still. And he does like, doesn't he do like, uh, does he still do E? He was doing like the E, Ryan Seacrest E news stuff. I don't even know if that's a thing. Maybe he does. Maybe. I, I don't know. He does the red carpet, I think, doesn't he? He just does all this shit, and it, hey, good for him. I'd, I'd be wanting to cash in as much as I could too. Oh, he does New Year's Eve. He does fucking. He's Dick Clark and he's Regis. Two people who were, like, you know, somewhat likable. Regis was very likable. Dick Clark was fine. And uh, and Seacrest is he's doing all of that stuff, and I I don't understand it because he just has no personality. He has no personality at all. I I'm just watching. I just happen to see. I <laughs> I don't go out of my way to to find the uh, Ryan and Kelly show because she's insufferable too. I still I you know my mom used to watch Regis and Kathy Lee, so I grew up. To some to to some extent, grew up on Regis and Kathy Lee. I didn't watch it that much. My mom, my mom would tape it when she was at work during the day, and then she'd come home and watch it in the evening. And sometimes I had nothing better to do, so I watched Regis and Kathy. And it was cool because Regis they had wrestlers on all the time. Like before the internet existed, I found out that Ric Flair won the world title from Macho Man Randy Savage in uh, September of 1992. Because Ric Flair showed up on Live with Regis and Kathy Lee with the belt. I remember coming home from school. My mom said, hey, uh, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect are on Regis and Kathy. Oh, really? Cool. And Ric Flair's holding the title. And I'm like, oh, this is this must be a repeat. This He's not the champion. Macho Man's the champion. And then they're talking about uh, Ric Flair beat Macho Man Randy Savage for the title. And I'm like, what? This is Bizarro World. Macho Man beat Ric Flair for the title last April at WrestleMania 8 on April 5th in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Hoosier Dome in the first half of the double main event. Everybody knows that. Nope, it turns out. And then I'm and then I'm watching and they're talking about like and, I'm, and it's it's just it's confounding me. And then I said, oh, my God, Ric Flair. Ric Flair beat Randy Savage just like a day ago for the world title. This is li- this is live. That was huge. I remember calling Shima. I'm like, Ric Flair's the champion. What are you talking about? He was on Regis. He was on Regis and Kathy Lee. And Joe's like, what is this? Is that a wrestling show? I'm like, no, you idiot. It's Regis. Regis. And uh, yeah, that's. But they always had. Yeah, they had Yokozuna was on Stone Cold Steve. They have Regis loved the wrestlers. So you would, they would have wrestlers on all the time. I don't know if Ryan and Kelly have wrestlers on. I doubt it. But she is just such a stone cold bitch, like all the time, and he is just like the he is just has no. These are just two like wooden, 
It's fucking, I, I don't even know. They're just, oh, okay. Well, they they cut off Regis and Kathy Lee to cut to the uh, Governor Baker activating National Guard to help the hospitals. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, great. Anyway, I Ryan Ryan Seacrest. I I will never understand. He's such a prick. They're both just pricks. But when you think about it, think about how just like prickish everything is, right? Like who's the most popular podcast? Joe Rogan. He's a prick. He's and he's an idiot. And he's not funny. He's like, yeah, that's another thing. Joe Rogan, the guy, the least funny character on news radio, which was filled with hilarious Phil Hartman, you Dave Foley, Andy Dick was funny on that show. Uh, whatever you think about Andy Dick these days, news radio, my God, what a show. What a show. Uh, Stephen Root as, uh, as Jimmy James, was that his name? Who owned the, who owned the station and just sort of like how uh, on The Office, like the CFO of Dunder Mifflin would just stop in from, instead of Midtown Manhattan, he would just swing by the Scranton office all the time. And Jan Levinson would swing by from her, her Midtown office instead of just using the phone. She would just come direct. She would just swing by Scranton all the time. Just a quick, I mean, at least Jimmy James, it made more sense. Like the news radio was in the middle of, you know, probably on 6th Avenue somewhere. So that made at least a little more sense because his Jimmy James' uh, office was probably in the same building or somewhere nearby. So like, okay, he's a billionaire and he stops by the, the news radio all the time. And Joe Rogan was just, you know, he played like the dumb character. He was like, he yeah, was like Joey, Joey on Friends. Um, and that was, that was it. And then he's like hosting Fear Factor where, you know, people eat like bull penises. And then there's the, there it is from like news radio, like a, a tertiary character on, on a really good sitcom to hosting the animal penis eating show to hosting MMA shows to like the top podcaster in the universe. And that's, you know, why not? Why not? The same with Seacrest. I just like, it just seems like minimal talent, infinite success. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I get why Regis was popular. Regis was so likable. He was just a likable guy. And, you know, he's from a different generation. But he'd come on then. He'd say this. He could say the same exact thing that Ryan Seacrest was saying. But you'd like it. You'd like the way that Regis says it. Because he's Regis. You know. And you, these two, Ryan and Kelly, they have no chemistry. It's so fucking contrived. But everybody's so stupid now. They don't care. They're just, they just watch. Obviously, they're watching it because the show wouldn't be on the air if nobody was watching it. So, obviously, somebody's watching it. Obviously, I'm just watching it just now because every once in a while, I tune on these shows because I'm cur- I'm curious to see, like, oh, wow, look at that. The Regis and Kathy Lee show is still on, except there's no Regis and there's no Kathy Lee. It's called Seacrest and Kelly. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Uh, but I call it, I still call it Regis and Kathy Lee. And then, uh, uh, you know, Hoda and Kathy Lee have their Today Show hour, except Kathy Lee's not on that one either. So there's a bunch of shows on morning television that I refer to as something in Kathy Lee, and Kathy Lee has nothing to do with any of them anymore. It's Hoda and uh, George W. Bush's daughter. No thank you. Uh, uh, no thank you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a Hoda and Kathy Lee person, I'll, I'll tell you that. 
Oh, but Seacrest just, he has just no, uh, there's, there's like a certain quality to people that to me makes for good television. When you want to have somebody, you know, when you want to invite these characters into your house for your, while you're having breakfast and the family's around the, t- I, nobody's around the TV. They're all at school at nine o'clock, but you know, uh, you want to bring, Kelly and Seacrest into your home. It's like, don't you want somebody who's kind of likable? Don't you want somebody who you'd invite into? You actually would invite into your home. To me, that's the that's the measuring stick. It's like, okay, Regis. Oh, I think it would be kind of fun if Regis <laughs> if Regis Philbin stopped by for breakfast. You could see that being maybe a fun little time. Hey, we gotta have pancakes. Where's the syrup? You live in New Hampshire. You're eating. It's Mrs. Buttersworth. Why don't you have New Hampshire syrup? I could see that being just a fun time of Regis just yelling like this. I know he's dead. He's not coming. Regis is never coming for breakfast. I that I, I do understand that. But I mean, I don't know. I guess we just, I guess people are just force-fed stuff and we just fucking, we just bend over and eat it, right? Is that, that's pretty much it? That's why I love the Birthday Boy podcast. Only a handful of you can tolerate my voice, and you keep listening, and it's wonderful. And that makes me so happy. And uh, <laughs> am I trying to say that I deserve to be hosting the Regis show? Yes, I obviously am. But there's like a certain, there's a certain sort of folksiness uh, to some of these people where you, I think the greatest uh, you know, TV people who are trying to do these sort of talk shows are the ones where you don't know. They're, they're all millionaires, right? Regis, Kelly, Kathy Lee, Ron, they're all multi, multi-millionaires. Uh, Seacrest probably more than any of them. And, and there's no, there's no point where I think anything to the contrary. Whereas you could have some of these, these people, Kelly Clarkson has a show and I completely forget that she's uh, ever done anything other than this show because she's, you know, fangirling over uh, over Sandra Bullock. And it's likable. It's so, you know, it's not a show that I'm going to watch, but it's like, ah, you know, that Kelly Clarkson, just a likable kid. Not somebody I'd want to hang out with per se, uh, but it wouldn't be the worst person, you know. So he said, hey, uh, <laughs> Regis can't come over for breakfast because he's dead. So you can choose between Seacrest, Kelly Ripa, and Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Come on over, Kelly Clarkson. Because she'd probably be just fine eating a bowl of fucking uh, Captain Crunch. And uh, and then, you know, have a quick little chit-chat, and then she's on her way. Seacrest would be, uh, you know, he'd helicopter in, and he'd have, uh, he'd have somebody carrying him so he wouldn't have to touch the, the common man's floors with his... Uh, you know, with his Gucci shoes, I don't, I don't fucking know. Anyway, uh, but there's a, you know, there's this sort of, uh, there's an affability that's just, just completely non-existent. And then you, know, the worst of them all, and who didn't used to be like this, I'll tell you, who can't wait to get out of there? The whole deal is Ellen, as this is the last year of the Ellen Show, and I'm, I've never really watched the Ellen Show. I turn it on once in a while, and I've never, it's just, eh. You know, there were some times, they had some people on the, you know, she has good guests. She had uh, Nicholas Braun from Succession was on last week, and I was like, ah, yeah, I'll turn, I'll put this on. It's cool. I like 
Cousin Greg. Everybody loves Cousin Greg. He's funny. And uh, it was fine, but boy, I'll tell you, she she gets those celebrities on there and she asks as as few questions as possible. Just to, she's just going, man, she is going through the motions, just riding this thing out. This is as as Stanley said on the office one time, this is a this here is a ride out the clock situation. <laughs> That's what's happening with Ellen. Boy, I've never seen somebody who doesn't want to be, I mean, somebody who's that rich making that much money off of the thing and doesn't want to be part of that thing anymore, which I understand because she's made so much money that she doesn't have to be part of it, and that's why she's leaving. Mm. Kelly Clarkson is going to be the new Ellen, by the way. Like, not that, not that Kelly Clarkson is taking Ellen's show. I'm just saying there's always somebody, right? It was like... It was in the 80s. It was what? It was 80s and 90s. It was all those. Sally Jesse and uh, Geraldo and Donahue. And so many, there's so many of them, right? Ricky Lake, Morton Downey Jr., all those talk show people. And uh, oh, um, all, those, all those people. And, and Oprah. And Oprah gobbled them all up. And then the greatest thing was on on Oprah's like one of her final episodes was she had all those she had Phil Donahue and she had Ricky Lake and she had Sally Jesse and I don't know who else some what was the guy Richard Bay I don't remember who she had she had a bunch of those like eighties and nineties talk show hosts on basically just to like have a reunion of all the people that she put out of business and they talked about like you know just kind of jokingly like, ha it's so funny that we're here because you destroyed our careers. <laughs> And then Oprah left, and it kind of became Ellen's thing as far as, like, the, you know, what are all the women watching every day? Used to be, you know, you had Oprah's favorite things, and she'd give all the Christmas gifts away. and uh, John Travolta! You know, all that stuff. John Travolta's going to fly a plane to fucking Hawaii, <laughs> and they're all going to parachute in the Volkswagen Jettas out of the plane and land on the beach and have a fucking surf sail, whatever the fuck that thing's called. What is windsurfing trip? I don't know. And then and then Oprah left, and now what does Ellen have? Has the the twelve days of Christmas, the twelve days of giveaways, and uh, which are the shows that I, I like to watch. Those shows, I like to watch daytime talk show, daytime talk show type stuff. The light and fluffy stuff, I like to watch them around the holidays because I like to see, you know, in high def, the set's all nice and they have the winter scenes. It looks like a, you know, it looks like a Nordstrom's or something. It looks like a nice store at the mall. <laughs> Bright lights, everything's so nice and clean and look at the, the high def screens with the snow and Christmas trees everywhere and lights and decorations and they're just giving shit away. And I want to see the shit that they're giving away. I'm always, I was always curious to know what Oprah's favorite things were. And I'm curious to see what Ellen gives away on the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 days of giveaways. And they already had, they did it like in November <laughs> this year. It was done. It was done like two weeks ago. She is just fucking, uh, 12 days of giveaways. All right, here's some shit. All right, day one, day two. She cannot stand being there. It, that's the best part about watching it. Watching the Ellen show is just how, how much she is just not even. And I remember when the early days, because Kimmy would watch it and I'd watch with her and, you know, Ellen would have the kids come on, you know, just random kids. And they'd really have like this fun sort of repartee 
with the children and with all the celebrities who would come on. And it was really just, you know, and Ellen's out in the crowd. She's dancing. Everybody, oh, look at me. I'm dancing. And everybody's clapping, having a good time. Now Ellen, now Ellen doesn't dance at all. She does, she does not dance at all. She has her DJ go out into the crowd and dance. Get out there, DJ, and dance. Dance for the people, as I once did. On my command, DJ, you will dance. So she's just not, she's just fucking, man, I, I would say phoning it in, but that's not fair to people who phone it in. Um, I don't know. She's tweeting it in. I, I have no idea. But uh, it's, it's so funny to watch how, how little she wants to be there. She'll talk to the celebrities. Every, every answer that Ellen gives, she's just, she's like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And then the celebrities will make a joke. And she used to, you know, she used to at least do the Jimmy Fallon thing of pretending to laugh. And she was good, you know, she'd have a big smile on her face. And it was like, ah, oh, this is fun. It's fun. I'm having fun. And now she's just like, uh-huh. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, you're going to stick around? We'll play a game after this uh, commercial? Okay, great. We'll be back with Nicholas Braun playing a game. And and the guests are sitting there just kind of like, that was it? That was it? We're just, okay. No no banter, no, uh, no give and take, no push and pull. Uh, we're just, we're just done. And then we're going to come back and play a game. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what Fallon will be like in another 10 or 15 years. If he's still, if he's still that over the top with fake laughter at all of his guests. (laughs) That's him. Every fucking thing that anyone says, there's whole YouTube compilation videos of Fallon fake laughing at all the idiotic things, stuff that doesn't even have a punchline. You know, somebody will sit down and be like, so I went to Times Square yesterday. And they'll just say it like that. There's nothing. And Fallon's like, he's doubling over. (laughs) What happened? What happened in Times Square? (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Ellen is just riding this thing out until, I don't know, May, June, whenever, whenever the show comes to an end. She's just like, oh, God, Christmas, let's, let's do the giveaways. Y'all get TVs. Y'all get whatever. At least, yeah, Oprah in her final season it still did like, you're all getting, and you get a TV, and you get a car. Oh, having a fucking orgasm, giving away presents to the presents for peasants. That's what they should call the segments. I love, yeah, 12 days of giveaways. Presents for peasants. That's what I would do. I would have the daytime show. I would have the I would have the talk show, and I would just, uh, you know, I yeah, I'd start out the first couple of years still being like the common the common man, which I because when you start out, you know, it's your especially if I mean Ellen had certainly known success and fame and money long before she got that show, but uh, you know, some of these people get these shows and that's what catapults them into superstardom. And so I would, I would start out if I just, if I went from birthday boy podcast to talk show host, yeah, the first couple of years I would be, I'd be humble and I'd be appreciative and I'd, I try to really, you know, cause I'm still kind of a, a commoner and I'd be mingling. But then after like year four, year three, I'd be like, all right, guys, I'm just going to level with you. I'm so fucking rich now from this show. I can't even pretend 
to know anything about you. So we're gonna do. We're still gonna do our Christmas giveaway, uh, but we're gonna call it presents for peasants, because you, of course, you are the peasants, and I am, I am the great king of daytime talk shows, and you will bow down before me. You will dance on my command, DJ. Dance. You there in the DJ booth? Spin some records with a beat. And come dance with the common people. Dance with the housewives, I say. <laughs> and then there's always, just like with Oprah, there's always like, there's always like the three husbands in the crowd. <laughs> and the camera cuts to them and they're just like, yeah, you, you see me. You know why I'm here. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm, a, I'm here. Here at the Ellen Show. I'm here, here watching Oprah. Uh, at least Ellen didn't give us Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. You know, Oprah, you piece of shit. Thanks for Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. But it's no, I mean, no wonder, though. Of course, of course, that's why people don't want to get vaccines and stuff. They've been watching Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz play make-believe doctor. And I know Dr. Oz is a doctor. Um... But he's also a fucking insane person. I mean, he plays water polo. Like, hand, yeah, handball, water. That, you're, anyone who does that, I mean, who does that? That's insane. You're insane. To want to play, like, to want to play a sport where you run around with a ball, but that they took it and they said, hey, let's put this in the pool where it's impossible to run. And he plays that. So he's fucking, he's fucking crazy. And I used to have, I don't know why, I had, like, I think my grandmother gave it to, I don't even know, or my dad. I had Dr. Oz's book. It was You on a Diet or something like that. It was just, you know, here, fatso. Here's so you can get skinny. Follow the Dr. Oz method. And there was a workout DVD that came with it. It was fine. It, you know, it was good ab work, work in the core and all that stuff. But it was, uh, yeah, I just it just made me want to punch Dr. Oz even more. Even though Dr. Oz, I don't think he was even on the DVD. It was some other piece of shit. And you had this, uh, those workout DVDs where you have to see where the guy is barefoot and it's a male. Oh my God. Is there anything worse than like the male foot? I, I, if there is, I can't think of it. Uh, anyway. So, <laughs> so Ellen is, she's out of here, man. She is just so, Oh, she's every day. You can just, when you look at her face when she's doing this interviews, you can just see a little clock in her, in her eyes. You just see two clocks slowly ticking away as she stares off into the void, just wondering when will it be over? When is it June? Oh, so I can be done. And then you know what she'll do? I'm, I guarantee you her final show is going to be like the old Ellen. She'll be smiling. I get, she'll come out. She'll dance. For the first time in I don't know how long, she'll come out and she'll dance and stuff. She'll do, like, all the old classic Ellen shit. She'll give away a bunch of shit. She'll have kids come out and she'll fucking, they'll, she'll hug them and laugh with them. And, oh, it'll be great. And she'll cry. She'll get really emotional. And, and that will be the lasting image. And you say, oh, Ellen was just the, was the queen of daytime talk for 19 years. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, we won't. They won't remember the stuff in between that's happening right now, where she is just like, you know, every everything you can you can see Ellen's mind, and she's you know, there's an image of her putting a gun in her mouth with every guest that she has to talk to. 
and she can't she can't get through that fast enough. So uh, so yeah, what's the movie? Tell me about the movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, we're gonna come back from commercial. Play a game right after this. Somewhat an exa- exaggeration, but not not totally. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this Ryan, Ryan and Kelly, we were just talking about. Oh, he was talking about in in New York City. So funny. He ta- you know, and that's the other thing they talk about. You know, in the big city here. Listen up, you country bumpkins. Here's what it's like living in the big city. You don't know shit. <laughs> you, you, you don't know. You sit there, you go to Walmart all day. Well, here's what it's like for the real world. Here's what it's like for people who don't totally suck. Uh, places that have more than just Walmart and Target as their grocery store. That's Seacrest is basically saying. In New York City, you can go to any store and get anything. There's a soup broth. So, and he thinks he's so he's just so fucking clever and funny and cute. There's a soup broth store. It's just a store with broth. Bone broth. Chicken broth. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ham broth. And uh, and they're talking about, you know, and, and Ke- they just have so, they hate each other. Just like Kelly hated Regis. Like, I will, I, clearly, like, she wanted Regis off that show. She she clearly politicked backstage to get Regis off the show, to get somebody young, fresh. Which I was so happy when Michael Strahan just left her high and dry. Just came on. Didn't he just come on, like, the show one day and he said, hey, guys. So like tomorrow's my last show. <laughs> and I didn't she just find out when he was saying it in that moment? I f- I'm pretty sure he just dropped the bombshell on her. Michael Strahan, there's a likable guy. There's somebody who could have a daytime talk show and uh you know, and really trick people. I mean, he is so good. All that shit that I was talking all the sort of folksiness and like I'm one of you. That Michael Strahan, I mean, that's why he's on everything. That's why he's He's flying rockets into space, and he's on not just the football show, but the news. And, like, I don't even know what he does. He does tons of shit. He's everywhere. And he used to be, yeah, wasn't it Kelly and Michael, right? For a few years, I feel like. And then they switched him out, and they brought in, you know, it was like Anderson Cooper for a while. Seinfeld was on there quite a bit. He was... He's not a he's not a talk show host. His his talk show, the best talk show is the comedians in cars. That's that's for Seinfeld. No audience, just two people driving around in a car getting coffee, telling great stories, cracking each other up. It's great. That's that's a great show. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, whose show I've never watched, but it was a, there was a viral thing going around. And she had Sandra Bullock on. And they're just, you know, they're just laughing like uh, like friends. It's it's not something that I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to come back for more of this. But it's something that I look at and say, okay, there's the next. There's the next big one. And I think she's probably pretty popular already in the couple of years that she's had that show. But, you know, these people try. Harry Connick Jr. had one for a while. I love Harry Connick Jr. I love his Christmas albums. And, uh... Yeah, the show was just kind of, yeah, he's he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> and it showed. It was just not, it was just, eh, not so great. Uh, yeah, you know, I see these shows from time to time. I'm curious. Uh, anyway, 
what, 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 what am I saying here? So Ellen, yeah, she's she's not into it. Oh, Seacrest. Seacrest was talking to Kelly, and he's like, oh, there's, there's stores where you can get a cereal bar store, and there's a donut stores. Like, oh, you have donut stores? Uh, and there's a soup broth store. Okay. Yeah, you got, it's New York City, of course. There's, like, everything. We get it. What's the point? And that was the point. That was the joke, really. It was just that there, can you believe that? A soup broth store? Uh, and then he's talking to uh, and then Kelly's talking about, you know, oh, well, Midtown, uh, you can get everything in Midtown. Oh, but boy, when I lived downtown and I had to walk, I had to walk so miles and miles to get to anything like, like, you know, like lower Manhattan is a fucking desert. Uh, I, I know lower, it's not, uh, you know, there's not as much cause it's not as touristy. It's the financial district and it's offices and things. And yeah, there's plenty of restaurants. There's plenty of things, but it's not yeah, compared to, you know, Midtown, the epicenter there, uh, Midtown and the park and everything else. Okay. But she's like, oh, woe is me when I live downtown and talking about, you know, and you've got, yeah, downtown, they have the, the cobblestone streets, uh, down there. And very, very narrow cobblestone streets. And she's talking about, and I had to walk on the cobblestone streets and I was pushing the baby stroller. And she's acting out like, you know, like, you know, like she's pushing a baby stroller on cobblestone streets. And Seacrest, and I actually give him some credit for this one. He just turns to her and he goes, did they not have sidewalks back then? And it's so great because they, maybe that's why people watch it. Because these guys hate each other. They clearly fucking hate each other. And they probably knew that going into it and said, hey, let's do something a little different where Regis, Regis liked everybody. Regis wanted to be everybody's friend. He was everyone's pal. He was, you know, America's granddad or whatever you want to call him. Let's do, let's go in a different direction where it's just two vapid pieces of shit that nobody wants anything to do with and they can't stand them. But these people, these two might be hate fucking behind the scenes. And I, I'm kind of digging this. Let's see what they, what they come up with here. And so he just turns to her and he's like, oh, do they not have sidewalks? And she, and it was just like, if it was Regis and Kathy, Kathy would have burst into laughter and be like, Rage. Yes, they had sidewalks, Rage. And everybody would have laughed and it was fun, just a throwaway thing. And she would have been cracking up and be like, I can't believe you didn't walk on the sidewalk. How old are you? You grew, you grew up at a time when Manhattan didn't have sidewalks? Who walks Who walks a baby on cobblestone streets? And, uh, you know, Ryan basically just, you know, hey, you got to have some banter. He's like, oh, do they not have sidewalks? And she just, oh, she just stopped dead and just turned to him. Like, turned to him. Not even, not in that, like, television where they're, they're talking to each other, but they're still looking at the camera kind of thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> she just... Straight up turns to him and she's like, yes, they had sidewalks, Ryan. Thank you. You know, sometimes I had to cross the street. You prick piece of shit. Fuck face. And then it cut to the Charlie Baker's news conference. So didn't get to see the end of that. It stopped right at prick fuck face. Uh, so yeah, maybe. Uh, you know what? Here I am. What, I'm a, what a sucker I am. Maybe I do want to watch more of this Ryan and Kelly just to see how much they hate each other. No, but they're just, they're insufferable. She is just like, it's like, hey, we should have a show where we put a, 
put somebody with the likability and energy of a PTO mom on the air. Like the like the Karen sort of PTO mom. And uh and then just someone who's just a just a narcissistic douche who's who you know who probably uh, you know is is just a, a a skinnier, healthier, more manicured version of you know of most most American women's husbands who are just self-absorbed and just fucking have no self-awareness and just like to hear their own voice. And we'll put those two together and we'll see uh we'll just see how much they hate each other and we'll put some fun guests on and we'll do some giveaway. And they were doing a giveaway. There's just somebody called in and it was like you had to, I, I didn't even understand the game. It was like I guess they do trivia, but you have to watch yesterday's show and fucking commit it to memory. And then the trivia is like, on yesterday's show, what color were Jim Gaffigan's shoelaces? What? And uh, and and they're just so they're so annoyed with having. You can tell they just hate having to do this, having to have these commenters call in. And she's like, oh, I'm, how are you doing this morning? Good. I'm just getting my kids ready. We have to go to school right now. We're out the, And then the person calling in is, like, inconvenienced, even though it's Kelly and Ryan, the show that they watch. <laughs> and this woman calls in to do trivia to try and win a fucking, I don't know, Disney vacation or some bullshit. And they're like, oh. And then, and then Ryan and Kelly get really pissed off. And they're like, okay, well, we'll let you get back to your morning as soon as we possibly can. Sorry to inconvenience you. It's like, dude, everybody's doing shit right now. Like, you know, sorry. She just said she didn't, she wasn't yelling at you. She just said, yeah, I'm just getting my kids ready for school. Oh, are you? Uh, well, what, what happened to the au pair? Did you give her the day off or something? What's the deal? Uh, <clears throat> Kelly, not everybody has those. What? Uh, Next, you're going to tell me they were walking on cobblestone streets downtown without the au pair to lift the stroller up onto the sidewalk. No, Kelly. No, that's not it at all. Yeah, It's just great to watch. I love it. Watching just filthy rich people host shows for the, for the common man. <laughs> so great. So I get it. I guess that's what TV, that's great TV. And I'm, and I'm sure if Kelly and Ryan just suddenly had a, Christmas special, and they said presents for peasants. I'd tune in for that, but uh, I don't know. It might it might bother others. Anyway, oh, it's exciting though. Are they done with the news conference? So I can get back to let's get back to Kelly and Ryan here. We got only twenty minutes left of Kelly and Ryan. I may have to start DVRing Kelly and Ryan. Daytime, man. I'm man. If this is you know, I get a break here and there. I stop and I talk. You know, I take my little lunch break and I and I talk to the I talk to you, uh, the common folk out there. <laughs> um, but I gotta tell you, if this is retirement, my my grandmother, I remember just being a young kid and being so jealous. My grandpa worked. My grandpa retired and he died ten years later. I think he retired in ninety four. Yeah, and he died in two thousand four. He had ten years. Of like the first few years of retirement were probably okay because he was still he was still sort of able bodied enough to get out and play golf and stuff. And then he had this surgery, uh, like about four four years after he retired in '98. He had this surgery, and that pretty much he just yeah he just didn't have it in him to go out and golf. 
And then it was kind of like, all right, well, now what? But my grandma, uh, my grandma, so much more like me, <laughs> where we can just sit. I can just sit and watch TV all day. I don't care. Am I missing things out in the real world? Eh. But my grandma also, she had the perfect balance because she would have like one day a week, she'd have bridge group. She'd play bridge one day a week. And they alternated. So like once every three or four or five weeks or whatever it was, she hosted it at her house once a month, let's say. And, uh, oh my God, escalator malfunction. Holy shit. What was this? September? I don't remember this. Sorry. Oh my God, the escalator at the back bay station malfunctioned and you just see this thing go backwards and there's a whole crowd of people with uh, you know, with Patriots jerseys just going, whoa, back they go. Holy shit. It just flings them backwards. Wow. Technology. The future. Uh, my grandma... She had, you know, she was inv- she would do, uh, yeah, she was with the the garden club and the, like the neighborhood had a garden club and she, she, she was involved in that. She'd go to the senior center once a week and she would write her memoirs and uh, and do the activities there. She'd go see little like plays and you know go to the movies and stuff. Go out to Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you know, and then she'd have Sunday dinner. We'd have Sunday dinner with the grandparents. So she did it just enough to be active, like most days. She had something going on, and you know, oh, I got a hair appointment this day, a bridge group tomorrow. But there was a lot of in between time where she sat at that kitchen table. I mean, anybody who walked into my grandmother's house, she was in the same spot every time, without fail. She was at the kitchen table. Playing solitaire, just with a deck of cards. Either she was shuffling or in the middle of it, and she had her, she had her either her stories on. She didn't call them her stories. That's some. That's I say that. And she, uh, but she would watch. Yeah, she would watch Regis, and she'd watch the game shows, and she'd watch Oprah. She'd watch Ellen, uh, whoever else. She'd watch all these guys, and then you know she she loved TV. I this is where. <laughs> the love for TV is passed on through the generations and really my grandparents were like the first generation that had TV regularly so uh that's that was passed on to to my to my mom passed on to me and certainly passed on to my kids you know there's a lot of kids out there who don't even watch TV they're just on their iPads looking at YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that they're just uh, you know they're doing social media they're doing TikTok they're doing YouTube whatever my kids my kids have a respect and a love for television. Last night, you guys want to watch some kind of Christmas thing? No, we want to finish the Bond movie. Okay, that's great. And they love watching shows. And that's that's in the DNA. That is in the, the family DNA. A- anyway, but my grandmother, I was always jealous because if I had like a day off from school and we'd go over there on a, you know, whatever, vacation day or something, I got to see my grandmother's routine. And it was, uh, you know, sleep comfortably until, uh, I mean, my grandpa was up at like five in the morning, but my grandma, eh, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock, seven, eight, I don't know, somewhere in there. Let's say eight o'clock, eight o'clock, up and at him, shower, get dressed, have some breakfast, and then, okay, had breakfast. That was the first activity of the day. Now I'm going to sit and watch uh, Regis, 
and then I'll watch uh, some game shows. Then I'll watch the twelve o'clock news, and then it's then it's soap opera time. It's Young and the Restless time, baby. And then the afternoon talk shows, the Oprah and so forth. Okay, time to time to make dinner. Dinner's ready. Okay, watch the NBC nightly news. Maybe a rerun of a, a Seinfeld or something that's on. Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. I should say Wheel of Fortune then Jeopardy. Uh, and then the primetime lineup, and then bed. And then uh, every so often she'd have to she'd have to record the soaps because yeah she might have a bridge bridge group in the afternoon or in the morning or once a year the girls she and the girls would go to the track and they'd uh, you know they bet on the ponies and my grandpa would be home and he'd have like the margaritas ready all the the whole thing he'd like eh, what a what a swell guy he's just like he would take care you know so that way the the ladies my grandma and the ladies would come home from the track the Saratoga racetrack and they would come home and they'd have uh, big you know pitchers full of margaritas and uh, snacks and whatever uh and i and i would think man that's the life for me i i need to get there soon i need to get there soon and i'm kind of i wouldn't say i'm there now but i'm there to the extent of like hey i get to oh it's oh it's kelly and ryan's back and it's Susie. oh it's this has your retort. Oh, maybe it's- that's not Susie. I don't know who that is. I looked really quick. I thought it was Susie Iceman. That's not. <laughs> that's not her. Oh my god, I'm stupid. I was like, hey, look, it's Susie from Kirby Enthusiasm. My God, it sure does look like her. It's clearly not her though. Now that I'm. Cause a specific oh, they're giving advice on how to how to deal with the rel- managing toxic relatives at the holidays. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. You know who's watching this shit. Anyway. Uh yeah. I uh yeah, I would I would come home. I would go over to my grandmother's and she'd be I mean just the three you know, prepare, breakfast, lunch, dinner in between is cards and television. Uh and then occasionally, yeah. Bridge once a week, you get together. And that's enough too. It's like that that sustains you. It it really does. It's like somebody had a great tweet about like uh, 20 minutes with my friends. Something about, you know, I now, I now have the will to live again or something like that. And it's so true. Just like just going to spend, just spending a few minutes, having like a five-minute conversation with a friend is, uh, is rejuvenating. And sadly, I don't talk to any of my friends on the phone, so I'm, which is why I'm always so tired and lethargic and feeling like I'm 110. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, my grandma would get to at least once a week with her favorite friends, and they'd all play bridge together. Most of them still lived in the neighborhood since the 60s, and even the ones that moved away would have, you know, they'd do the snowbird thing, but in the, in the warm temps, they'd have, they'd still have it. In the winter, they'd still have it, or... Or she'd go to the club, you know, go to play some golf earlier on and in her life, you know, uh, not so much, I guess, after my grandpa passed away. But, you know, they'd go to their club and they'd have a, you know, sit by the pool, play some golf, have a nice lunch. They had Sunday dinner with us every week. Uh, So it was like, hey, that's that's good. That's enough to not be overwhelmed with activity, but enough to be 
not 100% sitting at the table playing solitaire and watching TV, but still enough that you can, hey, get out with the friends for a couple of hours during the week, then come home, back to the, back to the routine, back to the bridge, back to, or back to solitaire, back to TV, uh, and then looking, and then the next thing, oh, we're going to have Sunday dinner with the family. Okay, there's the next thing to do. Eh, eh. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working, but I'm getting a taste of it in the sense that I see what's on daytime TV, and it used to really depress me. And now I'm probably, probably my mental, I just, I just let it, I said, there's no way I could be one of these people that could just sit here and watch all this garbage TV all day. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe just, it's all relative, right? It's like, well, I'm doing work, I'm sitting here working, and I can take five minutes and turn around and see, what's Hoda talking about? What's Regis, oh, Regis, whatever, Ryan talking about? <laughs> and in the afternoon at three o'clock, what's Ellen talking about right now? And the great thing is you have multiple screens. So I have, I have the news on one, Boston 25 News. I have Price is Right on another screen. And I have Dan Patrick and then, you know, Jim Rome and Colin Cowherd and ESPN and stuff on, on various other screens or the local Boston 98.5, you know, on NBC Sports. So, and it's all, they're all just on mute. And then once in a while, I'll take a few minutes and I'll turn up the volume on one and listen to what's going on. And I say, yeah, this, I, I could do this all day, every day. (laughs) And if I had that, if I had something like that, where, yeah, all my friends, if I'm retired and all my friends are retired and we have like some kind of, uh, you know, once a week get together and then a, a once a week get together with my kids to have dinner. And, uh, and then the rest of the time is just like, yeah, we're just going to like go to the movies and sit and watch daytime television. For me, it'll be video games, hopefully. No, it won't because I know, I, I know how, I know how it works. I know how it works. I love video games so much. And I know that if I retired, I would sit and want to play video games. And I'm going, I know I'm going to have such bad arthritis and carpal tunnel that I won't even be able to hold a controller in my hands. But hopefully by then they'll have something. That's going to be the next great technology because right now the old people didn't grow up playing video games. In the next 20 years, you're going to start to have people retiring who grew up playing video games. In the next 20 years, people grew up in the 80s and 90s are going to be, uh, you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Oh, no, yeah. 50s, 60s, whatever. Uh, they'll get to that retirement age. And a lot of them are going to want to play video games. And a lot of them might physically not be able to play video games. So that's going to be the thing is like whoever's – I'd like to buy stock in whoever's uh, doing, uh, you know, developing things that uh, for the elderly, like video games for the elderly, for when we're elderly and want to play not just like bullshit, you know, candy crush. I mean like video games, right? So that's gonna be, that's gonna be the big, uh, that'll be a big, uh, a big thing. Maybe I'll develop it. I have such a great scientific mind. I know exactly how to just develop something. So I should just do it. Just put some stuff and some things and some electronic stuff, and then like some code for the software, and then you just, and then you have a thing that's like a hands-free video game for old, old arthritic people who grew up on video games, but who are still. Uh, Addicted to video games. So, all right, that's enough. Uh, what is that? All I wanted to talk about, I guess so. Oh, 
one final update. <laughs> the uh, the oldest and I had uh, had our Monday night therapy last night. Uh, we switch off. The youngest goes every other Monday. The oldest goes the other the alternating Mondays. And uh, you know, it's just good, good healthy talk to somebody. It's for the kids to be able to talk to somebody who's not us. You know, especially during the pandemic where it's really been kind of just us. And uh, I told you the story of boobs uh, where Kimmy sent the Venmo to to the therapist by accident. And it was supposed to go to me. And the memo said boobs. And so last night and Kim went last week and nothing was mentioned. And then last night I got up and... Uh, paid, you know, Venmoed the therapist the the fee for the week. And uh and she kind of jokingly said, by the way, it uh it's just and you know, she told me the amount. She's like, not a not a penny more, referring to, you know, Kimmy's <laughs> transferring hundreds of dollars to her uh a couple weeks ago. And um <laughs> and I, I laughed and I said, Yeah, sorry about that. And I told the story. I said, Oh poor Kimmy was flipping out and Thinking, oh, we got to go find a new therapist. We have to leave. We have to go. F-. And uh, and and our th- and she said, oh, please, that was so funny. I really got a good chuckle out of it. And then she goes, <laughs> she's like, and I said, yeah, Kim was really worried until you sent the text back, you know, with the LOL and laughing emojis. She was really worried. And 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 the therapist Lynn said, oh, well, I'm glad I sent it back as soon as I did because I was going to wait until I got home. I uh, oh, got home. Uh, what were you were you out and like? She's like, oh, yeah, it was my son's uh, birthday, so we were having a big family celebration. We were out at a restaurant having a nice dinner, and then I got that notification and started laughing. So she didn't say, but I would imagine that perhaps the entire family, whoever was at that dinner table, husband, son, uh, daughter-in-law, if there is one, I don't know. I don't know who else there is, but uh, I don't know the family situation that well. But whoever was at that table, it was certainly not just her, so I'm sure she... I'm sure she shared that and had it. They all had a good laugh. So there's a little bit of an update to the story. <laughs> it's that the boobs message, uh, Venmo message came through as as the therapist was out with out with people, out with family and friends in public having a nice dinner. So I'm sure everybody got to enjoy, <laughs> got to partake in the fun. So I and it was fun coming home and telling Kimmy and saying, "Hey, here's a little." Uh, little update to the story. <laughs> she was out at dinner with the whole family. Oh, you got to be kidding me. So everybody saw that and they said, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So there you go. All right. Got to run. Uh, we'll talk football tomorrow because there's still two games on tonight because COVID postponed a bunch of stuff. Now the NHL is uh, is on hold for a week which gives me a fucking sick feeling in my stomach because I remember the last time that things went on hold for a week. Remember that? Oh, we're just going to we're just going to shut down the planet just for a week. 3 tops. And then we'll just uh, you know, and the president at the time, we'll be back by Easter. Won't that be great? We'll all have Easter dinner together where we can worship the Lord Jesus Christ who I love. Nobody loves the Lord Jesus Christ more than me. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, when I see that, I'm just like, oh boy. But on the plus side, I think we know already at this point, NFL and college football, those motherfuckers, they ain't canceling shit. So it's not going to quite be like the old, uh, but like two years ago. 
I keep wanting to remind people though, like, do we have to shut down everything? Because like we are, I, I know the I know the the number kind of plateaued. We kind of leveled off at the end of the summer. Uh, not much movement really since what August September. Um, but like, hey, we're what sixty two percent vaccinated. That ain't great. But maybe maybe majority rules on this one, and we just get to like. You know, just let the chips fall where they may. Isn't that what the anti-vaxxers wanted in the first place? The herd immunity? Just just let it all work itself out? So how about the vaccinated? We just we all just go out and we'll see what happens. But I get I don't want to do that because you don't want to. The, the big thing is I don't want these fucking hospital workers to have any more bullshit than they already have. It's bad enough. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like uh, my good buddy uh, Davo said that because uh, somebody said, oh, the NHL uh, locked in, is shutting down for a week. Uh, I bet the NBA is next. And he wisely said, yeah, but probably not until they can cash in on the big Christmas day. I mean, yeah, Christmas Day is NBA. I mean, the NBA owns Christmas Day. There's nothing. I know there's there's going to be some football games on Christmas Day. I think there's a college game. There's a couple of NFL games. Uh, but it's, I mean, Christmas Day belongs to the Nas- the association. It's uh, it's the NBA's day, so I doubt if the NBA is uh, shutting shit down. I can't imagine that it's going to happen before Saturday because that is just that's too much, man. Uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Fun times, right? Isn't it fun? Oh, that's right. The pandemic didn't end. It's just never going to end. And every once in a while, we'll just lock down and shut down. Harvard's remote starting when they come back for the new semester. Uh Mike, I, yeah, well, I don't know. That's why I keep telling my kids uh, when my oldest is just, you know, kind of dragging, dragging their ass to get in the shower and stuff in the morning. I'm like, listen, you know, <laughs> this might not be something that continues for the whole year. I don't know. I hope it is. But just enjoy, you know, try to enjoy this time that you have with these people because who knows? Who knows when you're going to get locked down again? And oh my God, I hope not. Fuck. That was a one-time thing. The kids did it great, as good as anyone can do. I loved having them here, but that—that that has come and gone, my friends. I do not want—I do not want to revisit that for a year and a half. I don't want—I don't want to revisit it for more than a week or two, let alone a year and a half. I don't even want to. I don't know. I, yeah, no, 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 no. Anyway, yeah, because at first it was like, well, we're all we're all locking down together at the same time. So it wasn't like I had my at-home routine, which was then because I had been I had been at home and then I was back in the office for three months, and then we all got you know the kids went remote on a on a Monday, I went to the office the following day for the last time, and then blah blah blah. So we were just kind of like oh, we're all just home together and we're kind of just used to it, okay. But now now I'm back to having. <laughs> Since April, <laughs> since April, I've had my routine back to what it used to be uh, pre-pandemic 2019, my remote sort of routine of just, this is it. This is, this is my office. I try to explain that. To, like, I know it's home, but it's, it's my office. When you guys are all gone at school and at work, this is when I'm at work. Anyway. Oh, fun times. Okay, that's it. Uh, birthdayboyshop.com. Go there. Buy stuff. See ya.